So another experience included a time when we had to fire a customer. Never in my management career has more praise been heaped upon me from a group I managed than the day I freed them from the abuse they'd experienced for nearly six months. It is Wednesday, July 6th, 2022. Welcome to the Miles and the Markers podcast. I'm Gene Girdley, author of the book of the same name. Glad that you've joined me today. It is 97 degrees out here in my backyard with, according to my weather app, a quote, real feel of 106 degrees. Doesn't feel that hot to me because I'm sitting in front of a mister. You may be able to hear the wind blowing, something in the background, maybe some birds, some other noises, the jets flying over. But that's one of the things that I do from time to time. Instead of being in my office, I decide, you know, I'm just going to sit outside. So we are on episode 26, Mile 27, Return to Face New Challenges. And as a way of setup, I had been in retail. I had become a Saturn trainer. I had done that for a couple of years. And then I returned to retail with my old dealer. Only this time it wasn't at a Saturn store. It was at his Saab franchise. So here we go. Just under two years after traveling almost weekly, a call came from my former dealer asking me to consider taking the position of service manager for their new Saab franchise. They had been through three service managers in the first nine months, and they were building a new store. Quote, these guys understand everything about the Saab product, but they have no idea how to treat customers was the message that I received from Dennis. And by the way, Dennis had moved from being a sales manager at the Saturn franchise to being a general manager at the Saab franchise. Additionally, 90 days worth of warranty claims weren't correctly filed. And all the work was being done out of a Saturn facility 15 miles away from the Saab dealership. So for those of you who are in the industry, you kind of get the picture here. They're building a new building. The operation for service is being done 15 miles away outside of a Saturn store that had been converted from an old Nissan store. And there was no covered driveway. The service bays were all in the back of the building. It was about a 10 by 10 office for the service advisors and me. <laughs> so it was interesting. As I said now, customers were dropping their cars off at both locations, but all were being serviced or repaired at Saturn of Huntington Beach. Being on the road took a toll on my family, so I agreed to take the job back in retail. What followed was a year of adventure, which taught me many lessons about technology, team leadership, service management, and customer experience. 
This year was one of the more significant times of personal growth in my life. And, and I think anybody who understands personal growth and the things that you've gone through in your life, you would understand why. When we're put under fire, we tend to grow. We either burn up or we grow. We either burn up or we're refined. And in this case, thankfully, I was being refined. This year was one of the more significant times of personal growth in my life. I was thrown into the fire and expected to turn around a department last in the district in customer satisfaction index while maintaining profitability. So that was the task in front of me. Thrown into the fire, expected to turn around a department that was last in the district in CSI while maintaining profitability. And keep in mind, I had 90 days worth of warranty claims, something like $98,000 worth of claims that were just sitting there, undone, incomplete, and in danger of being tossed in the manufacturer, we're not paying this, buddy, bucket. One big challenge was we were piloting a new Windows-based software system. <laughs> so now let's add that to the mix, everybody. <laughs> We're piloting a new software system that was Windows-based. You know, almost, virtually everybody's Windows-based now. But back then, I had been trained on the EDS system. And it was just green screen, right? Hey, it worked. But here's the other part. The way the system was connected was with a T1 line, and the T1 line connecting the two stores, meaning the Saab and the Saturn store, were smack in the middle of two different phone system providers. When that hub went down, we lost connection between the two stores, causing us to handwrite all the repair orders. The lines went down at least once a month. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, I know that a lot of my service manager and service director and service advisor friends uh, who are listening to this are just getting a good laugh because it's not like I'm unique here. It's not like this is the only time this has ever happened to anyone in their life. It may not be exactly this story, but most service managers and service directors have experienced something like this. Maybe not as often. But when those lines went down, I was required to drive to the Saab dealership after my regular service hours at the Saturn store and input all the repair orders into the system. Sometimes my head hit the pillow well after midnight. Now, let me also say this, that whenever that T1 line went down and that hub went down, you had one company on one side feeding their phone lines into the hub and another company on the other side feeding their phone lines into the hub. And neither one of them took responsibility. Oh, it's the other guy's fault. Oh, it's the other guy's fault. So it would take two or three days before it would ever get fixed because they were busy blaming each other rather than just saying, we'll, we'll send somebody. And if it's not our fault, we'll tell you. So another experience included a time when we had to fire a customer. 
you read that right. We had a customer who was so ill-tempered and treated my staff with such disrespect. The general manager and I worked out a deal to buy out her car. We bought her out of her car. We paid basically what amounted to full retail for it. But trust me, it was worth it. Never in my management career has more praise been heaped upon me from a group I managed than the day I freed them from the abuse they'd experienced for nearly six months. Now, I'll give you the final straw in the back here, the backstory of this. Um, I'm sitting in my office. It's about one o'clock in the afternoon. Now, this was after we had just moved in to the new Saab facility. And I got a call. And it was this customer. She was in downtown Los Angeles. Her car was stalled. And she was insisting that we pay to have her towed to our store because we had just serviced her car and we had obviously broken something. Now this car was 16 years old, <laughs> okay? It was an old not, uh, Saab 900 convertible. Immaculate condition, beautiful car. She kept really good care of it. But she insisted that it was us who had done something. So I got the tow truck driver on the phone very experienced guy. And he said, well, this wasn't you guys. She has an aftermarket security system and the light is flashing and the engine kill switch is activated so our car won't start. But it's a cheap system and I see it all the time. So she got back on the phone. I told her we wouldn't pay for the tow. And she went off for about 10 minutes because that's all I put up with. And after that, along with all the other things that she had done, I just walked into our general manager's office and I said, hey, we need to talk about this. Because this kind of treatment is what my team gets from her all the time. And so we came to an agreement and we bought her car from her. So a few months after the store was completed, my dealer asked me to move into sales management. So now, we um, had been there about a year. We had turned things around. We were at the top of the CSI chain, hired a couple additional service, advisor, uh, service advisors. I had corrected the, the issue with the, um, the warranty claims and the way that I had done that, and the way that I'd handle that is I worked with the manufacturer. They had a, a vendor who all he did was sob warranty claims. He was an expert on them. And he charged 10% to correct them. And I remember uh, the phone call. Hey, would you come into my office? Yeah. How come I'm writing a check for almost 10 grand to this guy? I said, because if I hadn't hired him, you would be losing 90 grand more. We got it done, we got it cleaned up, and this was, by the, by the way, the only way the manufacturer would accept paying these claims that late. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, hey, it's just about management, right? It's just about doing the right thing. 
yeah, we lost 10 grand, but we didn't lose 90 grand that we would have lost. So, um, as I said, a few months later, I was asked then because a really great service manager from our Saturn store became available. Actually, he had been a tech, but he wanted to move into service management. And he became available and we lost the sales manager. So it was natural. It was only right for to ask me to move over. I didn't have to, but they asked me to do it. And so their reasoning was sound. They needed a sales manager. And there was a candidate for service manager who actually, quite frankly, was better qualified than I was as a service manager. He was really experienced. In fact, <laughs> I saw recently on LinkedIn, he just uh, took a new general manager job uh, where he's at now on the East Coast. Now, that said, still, it felt like it was if I didn't have a choice, even though I did. It really kind of felt like they were giving me an ultimatum because it was what they needed. And I get that. So I set the meeting with the dealer principal to discuss it. And if there was ever a time when my trust in God didn't show up, it was now. I was pretty angry because I had just done everything I just described to you to help this department get in place. And even though it was really the best move overall for everybody involved, I felt like, you know, if they'd have come in and said, hey, we're going to we're going to give you an amazing bonus for what you just accomplished, which, by the way, I had already gotten because we had won a whole bunch of service prizes. <laughs> I had won a trip to the Super Bowl and I had won a trip to Cancun, Mexico. And my general manager came in and he goes, you're not taking both of those. You can only put, choose one and then you have to give one away to somebody else. So I took our top technician, sent him to the Super Bowl. I took my wife to Cancun. <laughs> so I'd been blessed, okay? There was... There was a reason to be mad. There was a reason to be upset. There was a reason to say, look what I did. And, and now you're wanting to take me out of this thing. Now that we've got the place in order and now the job's easier and I took all the crap and now you're wanting me to go deal with another situation. So I lashed out at the dealer principal. I lashed out at someone I highly respected and I suggested that he'd taken advantage of me. I'd given up a highly sought after position with Saturn as a trainer to come and bail him out of this tough situation. Now he was asking me to give up something that I'd built. I even went so far as to swear at him, which I just don't do. <laughs> and I didn't actually swear at him. I did it in the third person. I said, I feel like you're saying this. <laughs> Though it wasn't directed at him, it was one of those few things I completely lost my cool. Now, in retrospect, I'm fortunate that he still wanted me to stay with the company. He did. And as a result, some fantastic opportunities came because of that move. You know, I just think, I think I'll just leave that there. I've got some things going through my head, but I'm just going to leave that there and move on with the next paragraph. Job moves and changes can be difficult. We as Christians are taught that, quote, God causes all things to work for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Now, I've mentioned this before, but that's a very popular verse for Christians. Um, and it can be used as kind of a throwaway line. It can be used by well-meaning Christians who 
aren't really being very empathetic to somebody who's hurting or losing a job or something like that. And then they come up with, well, God causes all things to work for good. Get over it, buddy. That's not the intention of that. But it's also not that other very popular phrase among everybody in the world that all things happen for a reason. Notice the difference. God causes all things, whether good or bad, to work for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So there is a, a larger plan for those of us who have faith and call on God to simply say, I'm mad, God. I'm not happy about this. I don't like this. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe I wasn't. Maybe I was abused. Maybe I wasn't. And I'm not talking about physical abuse now. There's never an acceptable reason for that. Or even emotional abuse. Never an acceptable reason for that. I'm just talking about, you know, they abused the circumstance. But in all those things, even in the other abuse things, that if we trust on God, God can and does cause things to work for good for those of us who love him and are called according to his purpose. So this idea is in stark contrast, I write in the book, to the non-biblical phrase, God helps those who help themselves. By the way, I'm not saying that that's bad to help yourself. I'm not trying to put people down who use that phrase. I just want everybody to know, because it's one of the most common quoted things that people say is in the Bible, and it is nowhere in the Bible. There is nowhere in the Bible that says God helps those who help themselves. Just saying, letting you know. Matter of fact, there is a phrase in the Bible that says, if you don't work, you don't eat, though. <laughs> so, it doesn't mean sit around and do nothing. That is not in the Bible. God helps those who help themselves. But, if it means God has made soil for seed, and if you don't plant, you will, won't reap, then I agree with that in principle. So a lot of people will use that phrase to suggest that, look, you've got to do something. And I don't disagree with that. However, most people use that phrase as a boast to suggest they've done the work that you haven't, so God blessed them for it. If we trust God, we should know He always has our best interest in mind, and something good will come from anything we face in life. Having this mindset is what makes walking with Jesus unique. In every experience in life, God has always opened doors of opportunity and personal growth for me. And I will add, as long as I look for Him, as long as I look for them, and I don't get into a, oh, woe is me mentality. Now, I will say at times of depression, anxiety, uh, times of struggle personally, places where so many writers of the Bible complain to God about their circumstances. I'm not saying don't ever complain. I'm not saying don't be honest with God. I'm not saying to ignore the pain and suffering. I'm not saying any of that. In the season, though, in those seasons of life, when you find yourself battling, struggling, hurting, Look for the opportunities. Believe 
that God will cause all things to work for good. And now the mile marker. Be fearless, but not vindictive. Look at the next challenge as an opportunity to grow and become better than you are today. And I'll just wrap this up by saying, you know, the things that we write, the things that we journal, the things that we say to others, always remember there's value for us to reflect on it. There's value to listen back to the words that we've said or the words that we've written or the things that we've thought in the past. There's value for me right now in reading this mile and reading this mile marker. There's value because of where I'm personally at right now and where I'm learning and growing and considering what's next. And I hope you'll be encouraged as well. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, mile 28, find your purpose. Which, by the way, you could have found your purpose 20 years ago, did it, accomplished it, gotten to the top of the mountain, and now you're looking for a new purpose. You've achieved that goal. You've done it. Well, time for another mountain, another goal. Another place to head. That's where I'm at in my life. So maybe I'll find some great nuggets in Mile 28. Find your purpose next week. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Miles and the Markers podcast. If you'd like to go online to Amazon.com, type in the search box, my name, Gene Girdley, and you can find the book. Take care, everybody. Till next week. God bless.